Los Angeles, ESPN 1090, the mightier. It is Friday. This is your UCLA segment from the LA Football Show. Will Decker here with your main man, the madman in the house, Jamal Madney. We are going to have a lot of fun today. We are discussing potential coaching candidates. I know we just saw a picture of Chip on the recruiting trail up in Northern California, but the rumors are still rumors. you got to take all of these things seriously it was said that he may be thinking to go to the Seahawks, which will not be decided till next week, the whole coaching staff there. First and foremost, before we get into the sponsors and the whole entire show, how is my brother, Madman, doing on this Friday? Doing well, Thriller. Always great to be on with you, of course. And, you know, the ability to do another Bruin Bible on a Friday, heading into the weekend, life can't be any better. We get to talk UCLA shop. Man, nothing better than UCLA football. It's going to be brought to you guys today by Underdog Fantasy. Make sure you use the promo code UCLA LAFB. A lot of great stuff going on there. They can match you up to $500 in terms of how much money you could put into the bank. Make sure you use code UCLA LAFB as a promo code to get all of the benefits of Underdog Fantasy. I'm going to go with this bet, man. Joel Embiid, 37.5 points plus rebounds in a game. He just had 70 the other night. I think I'm going to ride with Embiid. He's been a monster. Might be the MVP again this year if Philly can kind of keep climbing the standings. Give me Embiid on that, man. So I got a lot of good things going on with my underdog fantasy account. We got a lot of good things going on on this show today. And you posted an article this week to the LA Football Network. Make sure you check that out online for our listeners. Where Madman quickly broke down some coaching candidates that if Chip were to depart, for this offensive coordinator job, presumptively with the Seattle Seahawks, these would be the guys that he has for him. And I wanted to match him, so I brought four other candidates of my own to this conversation to make it kind of a fun debate argument on who would be the best person, who would be the best leader, the best offensive or defensive mind to carry UCLA forward. Talk to me about your piece and how you came to these conclusions, Madman. Well, well, you know, it's such a fascinating time right now. I mean, number one, just the concept of Chip Kelly going to the NFL in an offensive coordinator fashion. Obviously, he's been linked to Seattle as a package deal with Dan Quinn. He's been linked with his decades-long friendship with Bill Belichick as potentially a Belichick destination. And you just continuously see this chatter because he is so respected in NFL circles as a tremendous mind. And so you have to think that if, there's so much smoke in the event that there is fire here. Where does UCLA go from here? And the NFL game in a lot of ways will makes a lot of sense for Chip at this stage of his career. He gets to go back to being the mathematician, the tactician, the thinker, the play caller. He doesn't have to worry about engagement with alumni, with boosters, with fundraising, with recruiting, with NIL. He can just make the essence what it is and that is the game obviously he's making 6.1 million this year going into the the year in his contract where the buyout number then becomes zero thereafter 
a lot of conversation. Is this potentially a lame duck year for Chip just with everything that's happened? And so obviously he's not going to make $6 million as a coordinator. But even if he makes $2 million a year as a coordinator over two or three years, that's $6 million. It's sort of a financial wash at that point. So it's a financial wash. He gets to kind of go back to his essence. He's in a very respected environment. Obviously, he seems very happy at UCLA. But this is getting more and more steam here, Will, and more and more traction of credibility. So excited to jump in to the possibility of a post-Chip Kelly era in this discussion where the Bruins go from here. Yeah, and you got to talk about it because I think a lot of people are like, why would he leave $6 million on the table, all these different things? You got to remember the taxes in California, man. He's really walking away with three. So if let's say, you know, with the Seahawks, he can get to maybe $4 million, then there's $2 million on the table. It's a million-dollar difference, and he's more happy, more comfortable doing less and just focusing on the offense. That sounds like a win-win to a lot of different people out there. So – I mean, do you think that's a fair assessment on that front? Absolutely, Will. And I think, you know, he's going to make more at UCLA, but there's really no guarantee beyond one year. And when you go and kind of start fresh in the NFL, obviously the NFL isn't exactly a long-term business if you don't win, but you have to presumably think that he's at least going to get two to three seasons. So two to three seasons at two, two and a half million dollars a year is as much, if not more, than the $6 million he would get if he just coached one more year at UCLA and then UCLA chose to move on. So I think financially, to your point, Will, it's a wash. It now has to come down to fit and how comfortable he feels in terms of his role on a particular team. Gotcha. We got to dive into the candidates, man. I'm going to give you the floor for your first main candidate. If you were Martin Jarman and you had the ability – to reach out to any coach you wanted when Chip actually departs. Who is the guy you're going to and why? Number one overall. Number one or number four? Let's let's start with number one. Screw it. Let's start with number one. So, Will, I'm going to, you know, there's, there's a sensible choice at number one, and then there's a splashy choice at oh. number one. Uh, and I'm going to, just for the sake of the fun and the games, I'm going to I'm gonna go with a splashy choice to open my argument. Good. Pete Carroll. I Let's mean, go. when you think about, when <laughs> you think about the match here, look, we have to understand this is end of January, beginning of February. You're getting late in the game. And so what are the things of your UCLA football that have seemingly been a struggle over the years? Fan attendance. Fan engagement, recruiting, overall buzz with the program, NIL, fundraising, sponsorships, all of these things. When you look at the personality and the pedigree and the aura and the track record and the resume that Pete Carroll has, it's check, 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 check on all of those things. Can you imagine spicing up the rivalry again by getting Pete Carroll? And I think that Pete is sort of open right now to a lot of discussions about what his next role is going to be. I think he has so much juice in the tank right now. I don't see him taking an administrative role or an advisor role with a company. He wants to get back into the center of the show. I think his heart is in the NFL, but I'm not sure the NFL is reciprocating his love, which may force him to sort of look elsewhere. He has a home in Manhattan Beach. He has a home in Malibu. He's based in L.A. for a a large part of the year. Why not come back to a place that was once home where he resurrected USC as the team of the 2000s 
And what a way to bookend his career, Will, to resurrect UCLA as a team. And not only does he win a national championship at USC, win a, a Super Bowl in Seattle, but then comes back to UCLA to resurrect that program. I mean, it's it's an iconic way to sort of close out a, a career. And for UCLA, it's sort of everything that they're sort of looking for in a single coach. And you combine Pete Carroll with Martin Jarman, you want to talk about the fundraising ability there moving forward, it would be staggering. So for all of those reasons, I would say Pete Carroll. Man, I love it. 83-19 and 19 as a college football coach. Came within inches of a three-peat national championship at USC. What that would do for the rivalry, too. I think USC still claims Pete and just his era. If he went to UCLA, that instantly gets the rivalry back to a national level of people coming out. So I love the Pete Carroll choice. I think it would be awesome to have him back in Los Angeles. I'll give you a guy that has history of Los Angeles, too. And, you know, you kind of did the head coaches. I have three, you know, assistant coaches and one head coach, a uh, former head coach. I'm going to start with an assistant that's going on right now. How about a guy that was rumored for the USC job a couple of years ago, years ago, Eric B enemy, Los mm. Angeles own man. This guy was the running backs coach for UCLA from 2003 to 2005. Yes. He's got ties to Westwood and being a Bruin, you know, former Angelino. He wants that step up to a head coach. He really hasn't gotten the opportunity to do so in the NFL, but it just goes back to a conversation of a friend we've had on the podcast Darren Chiaverini, the former NFL player and, you know, offensive analyst for UCLA. He told me sometimes you got to step out and become a head coach at a lower level so you can prove you can do it at the higher level. And Biennemi, none of these NFL teams are giving him a shot. Why not come back to your home in Los Angeles? I mean, this is a guy that went to Bishop Amat Memorial High School down here in Los Angeles, played professionally for nine years, has connections in Los Angeles. And by the way, you want a recruiting feather in your cap? Talk about the guy that developed Patrick Mahomes, the face of the NFL right now. You're talking to quarterbacks in their living room. Hey, do you want to FaceTime Pat Mahomes with me? What kid is going to say no to that? Like, that's just how it is. Oh, and you couple that with he worked with Andy Reid, one of the greatest offensive minds the NFL's ever seen. This guy would have just as good, if not better, of an offense, maybe than Chip Kelly himself going back to UCLA next year. What do you think about Bienemy going to UCLA, his former school as a coach? Well, I mean, I love that selection so much because what better catchphrase or, you know, 30-second pitch do you need to especially an offensive player that you're trying to recruit? You know, you can talk about your L.A. ties. You can talk about your resume. But to walk in and say, I have been under the tutelage of Andy Reid for the last six, seven years, and I helped develop Patrick Mahomes. I've been to three Super Bowls, maybe more, one, two, maybe more, and he has the ability to walk in and share all of that expertise. We talk so much about the type of pedigree Lincoln Riley has with the quarterbacks that he has in the NFL as a recruiting mechanism to keep churning out top prospects at the offensive position. There is no one greater than Patrick Mahomes in this modern era, the true heir apparent to Tom Brady. I love the enemy. He's such a creative play caller, and I think that he would also attract the right young, hungry staff around him defensively, special teams, coordinators. Uh, it would be a phenomenal hire for UCLA. And I think a tremendous connection with him and Martin Jarman as very high energy, high ambitious, uh, you know, gentlemen of color that are building this program together. It, it seems like a match made in heaven.
Maurice Jones-Drew's running backs coach coming back to UCLA. How about that? That is my guy, top number one. Give me your second pick on who you think would be a great candidate for UCLA. Will, for me, the second candidate, I started with the splashy selection. I'm going to go with the sensible selection. And this is an individual who already has ties uh, to UCLA football with his son on the roster. And that, to me, is David Shaw. And when you talk about the success that he had at Stanford, 96-54 and 54 at Stanford, Will, two Rose Bowls, four 11-win seasons. I mean, really the golden era of Stanford football with the likes of Andrew Luck and Christian McCaffrey and Bryce Love and, and so on and so forth. Just a litany of great prospects, both at the collegiate as well as the NFL level. And then you overlay that with the academic power that Stanford is and the values that they have and how they see football as an element of the overall kind of university identity. Those are all things that are synonymous with UCLA. David Shaw would understand how to navigate success in football within a larger ecosystem in a way that I don't believe any other coach truly would understand in terms of the landscape of what is UCLA and what it represents. You couple that with just his aura, his charisma, his eloquence, his ability to recruit all types of players, his ability to engage with fans, with donors, with alumni, with parents. You're getting the total package here with David Shaw as a head coach, someone who's going to have tremendous success on the field, but also be an incredible representative of the university off the field. And for those reasons, I would give him a call as soon as I could. Yeah, and from 2011 to 2018, the fewest amount of games he won was eight in a season. Six of those being double-digit win seasons. You know, doing that at Stanford is different. We've talked about that. It's so much harder to build a winning roster and, you know, a competitive culture there just because it is one of the toughest places to qualify academically to get into. And that's no what's really impressed us with David Shaw and Jim Harbaugh over the years now in Los Angeles as the Chargers head coach. Very exciting. I'm going to stick with the assistants. I've got a guy that, you know, he's got a similar feather in his cap uh, as a you know former NFL guy. He's bounced around a little bit, but tell me how you think of this on the surface. I thought it was good in my mind. I want to hear what you think about it. How about Bill O'Brien, former offensive coordinator? You look at the last three years, what he's done. Alabama offensive coordinator, went to New England for a year, offensive coordinator. Now he's at Ohio State. So he's in the Big Ten. He's in the same conference now. It's an easy phone call, you know, when you're meeting up at Big Ten Media Day and some of these other events, we're going to be in the same room with them. This guy, you know, has the feather in his cap of coaching Brady for a long period of time, being arguably the most successful disciple of the Belichick tree. You know, a lot of these guys, Romeo Cornell and Josh McDaniels and Eric Mangini, all these guys kind of failed at some point. Whereas Bill O'Brien, he was 52 and 48 at the at the pros for Houston. But you guys remember what he did at the college level at Penn State. Penn State. Dying. You know, this was after the Sandusky and Paterno scandal. We didn't even know there was going to be football at Penn State after this happened. He went 15 and nine in two years. And he went eight and four in his first year with Penn State with all those transfers out, recruiting dying in the water. And he won the Bear Bryant Award, which is the nation's top coach of the year that year for what he was able to do with a lot of walk-ons and low-level recruits. Got Penn State. He's, I mean, if you're a Penn State football fan, you got to tip your cap to this guy every time you see him because he helped stabilize that program in a time of maybe the biggest uncertainty in the history of the sport. I like him. I think he is due for another head coaching job. Maybe he would take a shot at UCLA if they offered him with a nice package. What do you think about Billy O'B coming down to UCLA? 
I really like it, Will. I mean, there's very few guys that understand both the college as well as the NFL game with as much experience and as much sort of firsthand knowledge as Bill O'Brien. And so what that gives you is it gives you a credibility to be able to win on the field in college, but also gives you a credibility from a recruiting standpoint to be able to get guys to the next level because you understand what they're looking for at the NFL. And so for me, I love that combination. Now, he was successful at Penn State, given the circumstances, no question about it, as you laid out very beautifully and completely agree. But did he ever really get to that next order success, either with the Texans or any other stop thereafter? I think you want to take a pause there to assess that a little bit. I think he's done certainly enough to warrant a, a great deal of interest at UCLA. But number two, I think continuity is also an interesting one here. Bill O'Brien has had multiple jobs the last few years. You know, he's starting to sort of build a reputation a little bit as a hopper. So the question is, how long will he stay at UCLA if that job were offered to him? Those would be some of the questions that I would ask him in an interview and want to feel really good about in terms of those answers. But when you talk about on-the-field success and knowledge of both sides of the college as well as the pro game and kind of a credibility of who he's coached, who he's been associated with, the very great programs in college, you know, a huge situation in the NFL as well where he was GM as well as coach at one point. So he's just got this plethora of experience. I really like the aspect of Bill O'Brien getting called in for an interview to really assess further. So I think it's a great call, Will. That's a great selection. Yeah, and you know, he's not perfect. The GM thing, I think, tipped him over the top. But, you know, he's coaching the Texans, which is the closest thing we have to the Clippers in the NFL, given how big the Cowboys are in the state of Texas. But four of the franchise's seven playoff appearances came with Bill O'Brien. And the fact remains, he's 52-48 and at one of the worst franchises over the past 21 years in the sport. So I think there's a lot of stability there with Bill O'Brien. Give me your third selection. We kind of got to move quickly with these as we're running out of time, unfortunately. But it's a lot of fun getting into these names. Well, the third one is you got to think about timing right now. Again, I want to go back to that point. End of January, beginning of February. It's going to be hard to sort of maybe get the traditional coach that you were thinking of back in early to mid-December. If you need someone to come in as a bridge option for a year and say, hey, this is going to be my pilot for 2024, just get me through 2024. And if it works out, great. Let's extend. If it doesn't work out, let's kind of think about what we want to do for 25 and beyond. And someone who has a love and a passion and a willingness for UCLA like no other, to me, it's Rick Neuheisel. And him coming back for his alma mater for one year to see what else is beyond would be absolutely significant. This, again, is the person who recruited Brett Hundley. This is the person who built those recruiting classes with Miles Jack, with Anthony Barr, with Eric Kendricks. You know, the most talented teams that UCLA has had in the last 25 years were all recruited by Rick Neuheisel. He just didn't get enough time to see it all the way through on the field. And oh, by the way, his son Jerry is rising through the ranks here on this staff. Could this be an opportunity for a succession plan to coach his son, to have him be ready for the job eventually for all of those reasons? Nobody loves their alma mater the way Rick Neuheisel does. I would certainly consider Rick Neuheisel very strongly for this in this very unique situation. 
Yeah, in a lot of ways, Jerry Neuheisel is like the King Joffrey with a great attitude and great personality. Like he is groomed to be like taking the throne. No at doubt. Some point at UCLA, we're just ready for it to happen. I'll run through my last two that I've got, and then I'll give you the floor for your final one if you want to. Two names really quick. One was a former head coach. One is an assistant. One is a guy that's been in Los Angeles, and I compare him a lot to Harbaugh as when this guy is competing at such a high level without the you know big-name recruits and some of these guys. Yes, Kirby Smart, Nick Saban, Dabo, these guys are all legends in the game, but they're doing these with a lot of five-star talent, we can agree. Give me Chris Peterson, man. Mm. What's he doing? He's been on the couch. He's been waiting. He lives in Los Angeles. He's a California native. This guy went 147-38 and 38 in his college football career, won multiple BCS Bowl games at Boise State, led Washington to the playoffs, UCLA would fit him more as a school than USC does. He's a kind of under-the-radar type of guy. He doesn't like a lot of attention. He likes to kind of keep to himself, have fun, you know, not kind of stay out of the spotlight and kind of be the underdog. Why not go to the ultimate underdog place in the town that you live, UCLA football, revive that? I mean, this would be the best hire UCLA football has made, likely since Terry Donahue, in my opinion, if we were able to land the likes of a Chris Peterson who's motivated to coach again wants to get back into the sport, lives in L.A., he's right here. That would be one of my first phone calls I'd make. And number two, how about – we talked about Ken Norton Jr. in the linebacking room. He did for USC. How about the linebackers coach under Jim Mora from 2012 to 2014, Jeff Ulbrich. This guy is the defensive coordinator right now for the New York Jets. Who's coaching the defense at the Senior Bowl right now? Jeff Ulbrich, 10-year pro in the NFL. He's got that NFL experience. If you're a kid committing to a Power 5 school – you know you have somewhat of a chance of going to the NFL. And you got to evaluate your options with that. Yeah, I guess NIL is huge and all these other stuff. But if you want to take your game to the highest level, why not do it with a guy that can get you there? Jeff Ulbrich is that guy right there. Give me your thoughts on those two and then finish us off with your final decision, man. Thriller, I, I love those two. I mean, Peterson in particular because just the values just line up so beautifully. And he was someone, you talked about the success at Boise State. He found the right situation for himself at Washington. And I think UCLA fits that ethos of how he wants to live his life. The only question with Chris Peterson is, does he want to coach anymore? Because if he does, that in so many ways is the ideal candidate. Couldn't agree with you more. And Ulbrich will, I love that one because it's so under the radar as well. And I think in terms of value for contract value and what he can bring, and in terms of kind of a defensive mindset as well, where when you're sort of transitioning to the Big Ten, I think it would be absolutely fascinating. And the last one I'll throw in there for our discussion before we wrap it up here, Will, he's already in L.A. He's been in L.A. the last four years, again, in sort of a bridge capacity. What about Brandon Staley? And obviously it didn't work out with the Los Angeles Chargers, but he was also D.C. for the Rams. And, you know, the last he's already here again in a bridge type of capacity. One year at UCLA. See if he rediscovers his love for the game, as well as just a love for the college game and instant credibility with recruits knowing he's got the pipeline into the NFL and he doesn't have to move. He's right here. That could be a really seamless situation. So even though it's end of January, early February here, Will, a lot of interesting candidates. And if Chip decides to make the plunge, we could be having quite a face of the program heading into the 2024 season. And I'm so excited about that. Yeah, and we'll be finding more and more details out in the next few weeks. Make sure you guys are checking us out at LA Football Network, the website, 
the Bruin Bible podcast here on ESPN 1090, the mightier. It's how it's a Friday, guys. Get out and celebrate. Get out and have an awesome weekend. Be safe out there and enjoy yourselves. We'll talk to you guys next week. LA Football Network, we'll take a break. We'll be back in just a minute.